It is Friday the 30th of September 2016 and this is episode 295 of Digital Outbox. Hello, welcome to another episode. I'm Chris, joined by Ian as ever. Hello, Ian. Good evening, Chris. Lovely. I don't. It's like the third week in a row we've actually done a podcast during a week, which is amazing. Yes, uh, but it's that time change. of year. It's that time of year when there's lots to talk about, lots of releases, stuff, stuff. coming up, and in the near future. We're going to start tonight with Yahoo on a bad note, saying. Um, basically announcing this week that they have lost um, half a billion <laughs> user accounts. Um, so 500 million user accounts are affected. And this was back in 2000 and is it 14? Yes. Yes. So they're now saying a state-sponsored um, actor uh, came in and took all this data, this the normal stuff. So it's all your emails, addresses... Uh, encrypted passwords they're saying no payment details um but it's taken them a while to release this information i guess i don't know whether that's because they've only just discovered it or they've just decided they have to release this information anyway they are asking people to reset accounts especially if you haven't logged in for a while all the normal advice um and they i've certainly received a couple of emails i didn't realize i had two yahoo addresses but apparently i do uh yeah uh, so it it seems almost inevitable at the moment. Yes, I received no emails, but I think I I checked and I changed my password in twenty fourteen. Mm. So I'm guessing they think well, the the password that was real hacked has now been has now been. But your changed, de- doesn't so... mean their details haven't been taken away, though, does it? That's no, the thing. and the the bit that's even so the bit that's most annoying about this is that they've sat on this for so long. Yeah, well, I'm um, just wondering whether they have sat on it because they did have an initial in 2012. They had an initial. Oh, we think some accounts have been taken, um, but that was all kind of kept on, you know, low key, as it were. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there was a there was something that came out yesterday with some of the and again, it it looks like they're kind of pointing the finger at uh, Marissa Meyer um, because seemingly the security team went to her and said, we need to go public. We need to force people to change not only their password, but also their memorable Yeah, the um, security questions, because question, they were unencrypted. So if you're using yes. the same security questions in multiple places, people and hackers can now use those same security questions and answers to reset your accounts and reset passwords so they can get in that way. So that's why that's such as that's almost as good as not having a password kind of thing. So Exactly. Yeah. And and they said we have to we have to go public, we have to force people to change and she refused. It's a bit um, seems a bit convenient to point the finger to the someone who's left. She's not left. Is she not? Oh, okay. No, it's still there. And there's lots of kind of sniffiness about this because, um, you know, we're caught in the place where, as you said, you didn't even realize you had two accounts. Would you have got a? Would you have got an email through saying reset it and thought, sod it, I don't need it. Mm. I'll just I'll just delete the account. Well, I wanted. It's the first thing I thought actually. Why do I need a Yahoo account? Let's just delete it. Yeah, um, the only reason I need it's Flickr. I never had a Yahoo account, and then when, so when I Yahoo had a Flickr bought Flickr, account, yeah. um, that's when you need it. And then they force you to give up your Flickr name, and you must have a Yahoo account. Yes. And then I remember at one point, BT 
had some deal with Yahoo. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it just all feels very... And it's the whole state-sponsored thing. There's a lot of security experts are saying there's no evidence to, to, to suggest this. No, people are just people are now just assuming that based based on sophistication, but that doesn't that's no real indication. Anyway, I haven't read the details into why they're saying that. They clearly have reason to say that. I guess it's because it makes them sound less culpable. Um, like I say, it just feels now this is an inevitable thing and I don't know what we can do about it. Uh, what what you can do is be really vigilant against anything coming from Yahoo, but the problem is me saying that now is no good because this has been <laughs> six years now, or sorry, four years since probably the original bre- bre- breach happened. So, um, you know, it's a bit pointless. But anyway, yeah, be vigilant. Um, and, you know, if you don't regularly change passwords, do. If you use the same security questions, don't. Um, and... I think the best advice nowadays is with security questions, by all means have an answer, but don't make it related to the actual question. Um, And, you know, I I think also nowadays because of the remote nature of hacks, I think it's actually more secure to have uh, passwords written down somewhere locked up in your house than it is to um, have them, you know, easy to break, basically. You are better. People are much more fishy with their, as in they fish from afar. They don't often come and look at your uh, no. locked up and things in your safe. Make it random, make it unique. Yeah. BlackBerry are going to stop designing phones and they're going to focus on software. This is their continued sort of loss of money, um, loss of ground, basically. But they have decided now they're going to focus in on the uh, software side of things, which I think makes sense. Um, and they're going to leave the hardware manufacturers to uh, other companies who, you know, probably do a better job. I say probably because we've seen a lot of smoke phones going up in smoke at the moment. Yeah, I think this was just confirming the inevitable. They're still making um, losses, basically, right? They're still making losses. They're focusing on software. They're still focusing on particularly enterprise software. Mm. Um, they need to really work on their enterprise software <laughs> because it's it's not great. Um, their one uh, saving grace for a long time was the fact that they had safe harbour in multiple different locations around the globe so they could they could meet different countries privacy requirements and things because they could actually store uh, data inside of country boundaries or you know geographic boundaries Uh, and also i think they they allowed people to have their own sort of network centers um rather than just have to use their you know global ones um so that was their kind of saving grace but i think other organizations are now offering those those same um sort of terms so that you know the, the unique selling point is now reducing absolutely and i think there's so many companies investing in the big infrastructure across the globe you know it's not just it's not just blackberry they've got that you know microsoft have got it yeah. apple have got it amazon have got it google have it there's a number of them that have that that, that capability now yeah yeah uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, it still feels like the the, the slow decline of BlackBerry. I, there's not many of these stories that we've done where people have consolidated and and and, and shrunk and actually been successful in doing that. Um, I, I don't think we've reported on too many stories where we've heard a company sort of with you know withdrawing and and and. I think maybe Microsoft is the biggest example that maybe they have turned something around, in that. Uh, you know they're not there yet but their latest product releases are seem to be much more focused and you know better so maybe microsoft are the example that breaks that rule and and the stocks put up was it six percent as soon as they announced this okay it, you know and i think cause i think just everybody saw it as a you know you're you're not going to be able to compete because remember they brought out kind of android hardware mm. and it was like 
you're not going to compete with. You know, HTC struggles to compete with Samsung. Google yep. struggles to compete with Samsung. And we'll find out next week when Google launches new hardware where, what direction that's taking them in. But you know, you're just it's just it's almost dead. It's a hard market, that's for sure. It is very hard. Uh, Snapchat has unveiled um, connected sunglasses. Uh, they've actually rebranded themselves. They're called Snap Inc. now. Uh, and these sunglasses are $130. So this is kind of branching away from just their chat sort of services, hence the rebrand of the name. Uh, and they, they're basically sunglasses which record movies. They're only they're quick movie snippets. Um, and they're connected so they can actually upload them to, you know, their their chat service, I guess. What was your first thought when you looked at them? They looked a bit cheap. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not something. Again, uh, my first thought was, oh, they're they're not going to be allowed anywhere. People are going to start <laughs> start banning them. Um, I think for the same reason that we talked about, you know, Google Glass didn't end up being such a success because people just ended up banning banning it. Um, it's not for me. I, I think it's an interesting concept. It's a bit like you know selfies isn't it and but from a different angle no you're, you're right when I, mean, I first looked at them i was like they're ridiculous uh, they do, and they then you look... saw the little led round you know spinning round i'm not like... i'm not i'm not a stylish person i it didn't look stylish to me i'm not a young and trendy person but maybe some young and trendy people would you know trendsetters will be able to make them look but then I, I saw some commentary that said you know they're not marked you know it's not marking for us and snapchat when it first launched everybody was like how to use this and it's massive yes um so there's a good chance that these could be really successful for collecting memories for you know young people. Maybe this is the, maybe this is the way forward. Maybe it's ideal. Maybe it's exactly what they want and looking for. And they do seem to be doing something that's like circular video it captures. So when you're on your phone, you can tilt it and it doesn't okay. flip the video. It just lets you see more. And it's like, oh, okay, something different. Yeah, I, you know that. I'm, I'm, it's easy to be cynical about new products, but they are quite cheap compared. If you, th- if you, well, if you think one hundred and thirty dollars exactly. for doing this compared to Google's like preview were fifteen hundred dollars, it's like wow, yeah. different different world. And, and there were two there's two different things because sure. Google had it. Google it was all was about only f- projecting yeah. onto the, your environment. Yeah. See, they were trying to do that AR nonsense, yeah. and this is just basically I'm going to record. But um, I think to call it AR nonsense is a little bit strong. But I get I get your point. <laughs> Oh, it's just, uh, and it's 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 something that I'm still really interested in, but it's just I don't know. Felt like a, I still blame that um, Robert Scoble that that when he put that video up of him in the shower <laughs> with him with his Google Glass on, and then he was talking about how he wears it in the toilets and doesn't have an issue with it. And it's like no, but other people do, yeah. you know. And it's it just looked wrong. It just 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 looked horrendous. Yeah, and and say this is this is a different thing. This is just you know, I mean probably comes with the same issues but nevertheless it's not for us let's see how it goes um twitter has finally released moments for everyone this was a service that they had given to certain premium accounts um and certain people and and made their own moments based on what they thought um but now you as a user can roll out moments if you want to be honest i haven't really kept up to date with this it doesn't interest me that much um do you have to tag things as moments is that how it works do you know yeah, it's, it's, so have you ever used Storyfy? No. So Storyfy lets you, so just say, uh, just just say, you know, you'll, like, you know, you'll see somebody having like a tweet storm, you know, and mm. they'll, they'll put in like almost like stream of conscious And that tweets. will go into a moment. Uh, so, so the way Storyfy works is you could create a new Storyfy that said Chris's tantrum. Mm. 
-hmm. and then you could put in like here's all these tantrum after a night, a night of playing Halo, you yeah. know, and just all the things that went wrong. <laughs> and instead of having to try and find like fifteen tweets, you visit a web page yeah. and they're all on there. Right, okay. And this is So you the classify same. them basically. Yeah, so you can create a moment and then you can share a moment and the moment pulls together a story. So it might it might be there's a local you know, just say it's your catering race mm -hmm. from three weeks' time and People are tweeting about it. You can you yeah, okay. can get a moment around it. So it's a bit like when you take loads of pictures and Google Photos comes up and says, "Oh, you did something," or or Facebook does the same thing. Oh, we saw you did lots of things on this day. This is your yeah okay. For, but in the Twitter environment, fair enough. There you go. So this is um, actually it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, okay. looks like a, a, a something that that let, I think it's it's back to the when you're trying to pull it together from a number of places because the threading in Twitter I can still confuses yeah. a lot of people. And how it actually works, and I'm, I'm having a conversation. Am I replying? Am I? Yeah. And things break the conversation a lot of the time. You know, it's yes, it, it's like it's that email chain that suddenly someone puts in another email, and you don't know where it fits yeah. into the whole overarching thing. And then, yes, exactly. Okay, there you go. So that's available now. So if you're interested in that, go to the website, um, and I'm sure you can go and figure it all out for yourself. Um, Google has done a little bit of rebranding and a little bit of combination. Um, they're putting all their cloud services under the Google Cloud brand. Um, so they didn't really have a name for the, all their services that, that happen in the cloud, but that's, they've now branded that. Uh, and they've also branded uh, Google Apps for business or Google Apps. They've now rebranded to G Suite. Yeah. So Google Cloud sounded fine. Sounds reasonable, um, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and G Suite sounds <laughs> uh, weird. G Suite. What? I don't know how many accounts you run, but I came into five emails this morning from Google. Oh, tell me about the app. I think just a couple I had that said, yeah, yeah, we're in now like, G Suite. Yeah. Anyway, so, basically, it just yeah. means Google Apps is now called G Suite, <laughs> which people will probably just still call it Google Apps. I think actually Google Apps made more sense, but this is supposed to go wider. They've offered a few kind of product releases updates as well. They've got uh, Google Drive for groups, I think uh, they've called it. Um, yeah, which I which I thought they had done already. I think they so have. Was... They're giving this. A, I think they've given you more fine grain controls over who can share and do things. So right. At the moment, it's more kind of folder based, and each individual file can have permissions. But Got I'm it. guessing they're they're adding granularity in there. Um, Another thing that they're, they're doing a bit around machine learning. So they seem to be. It's like everybody's emphasising how we're here to help now, and not we're not just giving you a tool. It's like we'll we'll help you. So. They talk about the the what was its name? It was like oh yeah, there's they didn't quick access, um, and it will it will take fifty percent off the average time it takes to get to the right file by eliminating the need to search for it. Machine learning will predict which file you need before you type and then display those near the top of the screen. Mm. I guess it's looking at do, what do, you do, normally do, access. Do, do, you know, do, so do, do. every <laughs> faded you up, you update a timesheet. Yeah, the timesheet. Yeah. It says there's a timesheet. Oh, I didn't yeah, have to for that. Uh, interestingly as well uh, there was a consortium agreed or announced not that long ago between the big firms so I think Google Apple Microsoft a few others all designed with well with the main aim of informing users how uh, bots and AI are a good thing yeah so this is it's all designed around selling this and how you know things like self-driving cars and stuff how is this how is this good for the human race so they, they've all grouped together and decided that they do collectively need to work together to 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 rid rid the cynicism and to make make way for more of these things which they're, they're obviously 
you know, in their labs and things, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be quite advanced in this. And they're clearly now worried about how people are going to receive it. So they're, they're kind of doing that expectation and just laying, laying some foundations there. For, I'm sure some big product announcements coming, probably be talking in the next two, three years. And, and it's probably because everybody's, I guess, all our reference points about AI and mm. bots is... They're all <laughs> pretty pretty bad movies, most of the ones yeah. that have got AI in the title. Yeah. Or or from a jobs perspective, people think yes. it's like, yeah, that, that's going to rob my job. You know, it's, it's always or, yes. a negative well, that, the, connotation. It's not a positive yeah and and and, and the, you know the fact that we've got some bad stories about self-driving cars um mm, you know and, yeah. and you know they self-driving cars has had one accident this year right and how many have humans had but it doesn't you know that doesn't seem to matter it doesn't relate to um you know our brain so anyway be prepared to be uh, brainwashed over that in the coming um months and years i no doubt um apple coming to the uk with a new headset headset <laughs> headquarters uh they're going to go they're going to move into battersea power station or a part of battersea power station boiler room and actually they're moving quite a few thousand workers over here but this is due in 2021 so a little way off and the whole project to develop battersea power station is a massive multi-billion dollar enterprise that's yeah obviously going to take a few years but yeah uh 1400 employees going to come over yeah and seem oh, like right. the space I think they reckoned it was um it could take up to another another thousand after that as well. Um so it was taken over um I think it was six floors within Battersea Power Station. So it will it will be and, and again such an iconic building. For the for the UK it's a you know anyone who visits London generally has either seen it or knows about it and it's been in the news so many times due to its decommissioning and then what we're going to do yeah, with it and yeah. all that kind of stuff so yeah and it and I think it suits Apple I think they, they've got a found they found an Apple icon there I think that's quite quite clever well, it, it, it suits Apple um, and also I guess it's a good bit of PR for London yes, and Britain definitely. all the, the whole Brexit and everybody's going to leave especially you know I think there's a fear about finances and tech that they're you know being out of Europe is going to cause them a real issue. So it's a, a good vote of confidence. Plex has partnered with Amazon. They're going to launch a um, hardware-free media service. So Plex up until now uh, basically has concentrated on Plex media server and that trying to get that on as many devices or uh, items in your house. Uh, but it did require uh, an always-on um, bit of hardware uh, for them to run their service. So you can then stream your own movies and whatever you've got stored on your local library. Um, they're going to move to a cloud-based service. They've had a deal with Amazon and Amazon going to offer them uh, or you will have unlimited storage space in the cloud um, and basically will be able to use the cloud as your streaming service. So then you can connect to your device or sorry, you can connect to your media wherever you are as long as you've got an internet connection. Um, first thing I thought about this was how are they going to get this past regulators? Because uh, this is storing an awful lot of copyrighted material <laughs> on a cloud-based server, which, to be honest, doesn't sound too much different from um, what people were moaning about. Um, there was a, there was another service I can't remember. There was a there was a famous guy. Can you uh, can you remember he? It was about storing data and, and in you know having your own product you know services in the cloud, and eventually he had to go to a sort of encrypted method to. I cannot remember the name of the service or the thing. Anyway, it was all he got sued and fined and taken to court and all sorts of stuff um, because he was storing all this copyrighted data in uh, in his own servers. 
Um, so I don't I know remember. how now we can get away with that. I guess it's just a sign of the times that we've moved on. Well, it, it wasn't really covered in the article. So you need two things. You need an Amazon Drive account, which is $6 a year. You need to be a Plexpax user. And there's a number of different ways of buying that, you know, monthly, yearly, or for life. Um, but what they do say in the terms and conditions is that you need to um, you need to meet the cloud provider's, you know, content policies. Mm, okay. And if you look at um, Amazon's content policy, it says you can't store, um, you know, pirated material. So I don't, I don't quite know how they're going to, you know, so if I... How do they enforce I've, it kind of thing, yeah? Yeah, so that, and this is where it gets really great. If I've ripped from a Blu-ray that I've bought, yeah, cause, that, cause, that, because because although as for home use, you are allowed to have access to that nowadays. I think copyright's gone backwards and forwards and bounced around a bit, but theoretically you can now rip your DVD or your Blu-ray as long as it's a local copy for your own personal use and you only take one copy and it's, you know, all those things. I think, you know, it's just... But yeah, this is storing it on someone else's service, which is exactly what they don't want you to do, so yeah. We'll and another thing about Plex is I can I can have a number of friends and they can stream my content as well. Mm. And if if you're a home user, that was always a bit more tricky because your upload is obviously yes. a, a bit more compromised. Whereas this then opens it up that wow, this could be. I mean, it's a great service. Sounds great. And they, even even in areas where Amazon aren't offering unlimited storage or don't offer unlimited storage, um, they're still going to work up you know way around that depending on what the limit is and if you reach it or not. Um, and $60, $60 a year, basically, for unlimited storage in the cloud is probably the best offering that's out there at the moment. And there's no restriction on what type of files you can store. No. It'll just be, I think, the proof's in the pudding. And also, it's, you know, if you've got a multi-terabyte yeah, I know. video library. Are they going to are they gonna accept it? Because video, video libraries are the and, kind of things that can grow that big, right? Yeah, and how long would it take to upload? A long time. And then every single time you want to watch it, you're downloading it. So you're not, it's not yeah. just that one pain thing of getting it ripped and getting yeah. it on the drive. Then everything's fine. But yes. So me, so it, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds like, it's almost like it sounds one of these things. It sounds good right now, but it still needs a couple of years for it to become, yeah. you know, the broadband speeds need to go up and. Do, Which they are all the time. And so then yeah. it will feel like very natural probably in a few years' time, yeah. But I think we talked before about. I was talking about broadband. That, that there's a, a service across the UK that does the kind of half gig down and up, mm. and and that would be you know that's ideal for something like this. You know, if you're paying for that kind of broadband and it's reliable, uh, that this is almost perfect. Yeah. BBC iPlayer going to require a login from 2017. Uh, so BBC logins have been a thing for a while now. You can have your own ID in and it personalises your news and your homepage and what it's showing you um, but you will be required to have a BBC ID um, sort of in a couple of years um, to even access iPlayer and services so I think that's a reasonable uh, direction to be taken I don't see it as an issue I'm sure some people will yeah I didn't see the problem at all and um, there's lots of people going ah this is just more data and, yeah well, and it, well we've said you know how the data is getting breached so it's probably going to get taken whatever they take but it's only it's a again it's it's an email address and postcode effectively yeah and um on, on the day they announced this it, it forced me to log out of bbc news and put the postcode mm, in it, yes i got the same thing it said we're doing some work we want yeah. more data <laughs> yeah uh, as i said I, I don't have any any issue at all no and it allows more connected up 
um, services actually gives uh, from my personal perspective it gives a more rounded thing uh, you know and where you log into different devices you still see what is your favorite and things you listen to and regularly download and you know i guess the issue is there'll be people that don't have accounts because they said bbc said they're around Seven million accounts already exist, and yeah, given that there, I'm sure there are far more million users on i, you know, many, many more million users on iPlayer. Yeah. Um, DJI have come out and they've announced their new drone, um, Maverick Pro, and this one is pretty special. It's a fold-up drone, so in sort of keeping with what we saw from um, the GoPro one that we saw the other day, but this one falls down even more pretty incredible actually to see this thing it comes down to i guess what is it the size of a lunch smaller than a lunchbox more like a i don't think his hitting's holding things up um like a, i'm holding up go on i was holding up a water bottle a, so a, a brick a kind of yeah. common house brick that kind of size and actually is almost oblong because the blades also fold away so this thing really can is quite tight tightly packed thing and apparently very very light as well and the package that they're giving you that brick includes the handheld controller as well um so i all in all it looked like a quite a special product yeah and i'd been talking to i guess i've been talking to shaq quite a bit about it because because i think he's interested in picking up the gopro one and we covered the gopro one last week, yep. week before and how that's interesting because it's got the it's allowing you to use the camera and the gimbal yep, separately, elsewhere yep. so but the drone's a bit more simplistic and it was smaller than the Phantom, and it, and then DJI, as 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 you said, Mavic looks it looks amazing because it's got that put when I mean, you can put it in your back. I think it was seven hundred and fifty grams. Yeah, it's really quite light. So so you've really you've really got that in your backpack. You could go for a hill walk, you go anywhere, and you're not really going to notice that. And amongst everything else, and it's still um, got most of the features of its you know larger siblings. So it's got this crash avoidance. It's got this, that, and the other, it can track and it can and monitor and it's got uh, something called, they're calling gesture control. Um, so you can actually, con- you know, tell it to do stuff from afar, whether that be start, stop recording, take a photo, do things that, you know, track me or whatever. Um, so it, it looks like a nice product. It, it's just not quite as capable in that it, it's, I think it's more susceptible to wind. Uh, it can't go as far away. Um, no, it can go further away, actually. Uh, okay, so it can, so, so it's got more so... of a range. Okay. So it's it's um at this top speed's forty miles an hour instead of forty five. It's a little bit slower. The the field of view is is seventy eight instead of ninety four. It's still a twelve megapixel camera, but the thing that's been of most interest this week is is that a couple of prominent YouTubers have got them, and when they put up comparison videos, the image looked a lot softer, like mm-hmm. really soft. It was like oh. That's yeah, and so it's not that, that crispness. I guess that's oh. yeah. But then that's been countered by other people that had it saying, "No, you're using it wrong." Mm-hmm. And couldn't one of, one of the guys that did the video says, "Oh, the focusing is different. Here's a here's a static image, and it was pin sharp." So I think it's just one of these. You know, wait for the reviews. The yeah. thing about it was uh, the the distance seemingly can use up to you can stream live video from four point three miles away. Wow. Okay, that's that. Which <laughs> wow. Which is a a, a massive claim. How is um, that even and, possible? And they're saying also that you can live stream 1080p video to YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, whereas it's 720p in the Phantom. Mm, okay. Uh, and yes, the one of the clever things. So you can uh, the controller also has a sort of a port for your phone, so you can actually have the phone clipped to the controller, and it sort of then it's from being a simple controller. Then you've got the live view as well. 
uh, yeah, looks looks like a really nice product. Like you say, you probably have to wait for some reviews. They're talking $749. Uh, so cheaper than the GoPro, especially given that the this one includes the camera. I don't think that GoPro price includes their camera. I think that's another $100 on top of that, so $900. Um, so yeah, uh, interesting times in the, the, the drone market, probably just as the drone market's going <laughs> to collapse and finish. I think for me it was that it just because I I've lumped a drone about a couple of times this week and it's just it's just such a pain. Yeah, when you say so that you think the difference that might be that you can just shove it in your backpack and it's not it's not yeah. taking up all that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's equivalent of my kind of biggest camera lens. You know, and yeah. it's like yeah. to put that in a bag compared yeah. to yeah, it's just the volume it takes up. Yeah, I mean the the, the, the and, size and of this one and it's quite delicate. You know, those blades are quite yeah. delicate and stuff. Yeah, the volume of this one is like pretty yeah. close to the remote. On the Phantom, yeah, yes, and the and the and the, the remote and the new Mavic is about the size of a phone. So you might take no, the it's... drone with you on a journey where you don't know whether you're going to use it or not. Whereas yeah. when you take the, the the old version, you really have to. You're going out to use that drone. Yeah, yeah. Bad news this week if you have just bought an Oculus Rift. Um, the Palmer Palmer Lucky, the founder, um, has been apparently um bragging about how much money he's got and giving that money to a uh, an underhand shall we call um campaign against hillary clinton and for donald trump peed off a lot of people um making stuff for, for um oculus and they some of them have even come out and said developers have come out and said until he's off the board i am no longer developing for oculus whether that's a storm in a teacup, whether this story is as all of it, you know, it's made up to be, who knows? But it's um, certainly kicked up a lot of uh, news that this um, this guy has been involved in. In say, they're not illegal practices, but they're certainly underhand. This is all about leaking uh, misinformation and you know, they, you know, bad stories and stuff and memes online just to to, to undermine Hillary Clinton. Yes, and I think I think what what we saw in I guess the you know the Brexit votes um, was that that a lot of I guess a lot of stories can be shared a number of times and it just turns into that's true. It's amazing how many, even it, even when it's reported time and time again that it's a lie, but just yeah. the fact it's been said and people hold on to that information and they don't hold on to well they, even if they know that it's not necessarily true, they will still repeat that information. Uh, and it's it's kind of disappointing, but people they've worked that out. Um, politicians have worked that out. They've worked out that they they get less down story from it being a lie than they do the benefit and the gain of of putting that lie out there. And it's it's the same model, I guess. The you know the likes of the Sun. Yeah, yeah, know, we've and, used and, and Daily Mail. We've seen it all over the place. Yeah. Sun will have a page one, and then it follows up in page four and five, and the apology is a little tiny paragraph yeah. on page eighteen. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just totally lost to everybody. Um, I actually, it, it's so it's disappointing because obviously you don't want you don't want these kind of guys to be. Oh, maybe you do. I, it's I, entirely I, I, up to them what they do within yeah, the the, I mean, the, the legal framework. Just, exactly, and what 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 they're coming out and saying is so yeah, he's a Trump supporter, and yeah, he's 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 making he was funding this group, um. But at the end of the day, it's all about you know free choice, and that's what he's saying he's promoting. Yeah. Um, so some game developers have pulled out and said, "Nope, I'm not going to develop for it." 
Is it going to hurt the platform? I don't think so. I think I think a bit of a storm in a teacup potentially, but then again, these things do spiral, so who knows? Um, but I, I, I doubt it. I think there's a, it would be a crying shame if, if consumers who have recently bought Oculus Rift <laughs> suddenly have to lose out because of somebody is, you know. And, you know, I guess the other thing to point out is, you know, Hillary Clinton is not the uh, the shining beacon of everything that is good in this world. So um, some people are going to take that to to mean that they should support the other guy. But even when the other guy's a bit of a douche, I say a bit of a douche in the in that I can't believe people are going to vote for him. <laughs> tight way. No, but but the other bit is like if if we all knew what all the companies did, you know, all the company leaders did in their spare yes. time. If we knew, if you look at all the kind of music yeah, and you look at all the films that you like, if you knew how much of a douche these people are in real life, you would never listen or watch anything. Exactly. exactly. And, and and actually, it's the things we don't know about that we should be more worried about, all the kind of the lobbying and stuff that happens in invisibly yeah, behind closed doors and with, yeah. Anyway, yes, we could get into all sorts of conspiracy thoughts. Anyway, yes. So, so uh, you know, be bad for someone who's bought Oculus Rift recently, though, isn't it? Uh, do we know anybody? Mm, I bought one. So, ah. uh, and I've been happily using it for the last two days, safe in the knowledge that I've been secretly supporting Trump um, by having bought it. Uh, and I've used Oculus before. I knew exactly what I was getting. I was buying it for the kind of VR racing experience. And, uh, you know, I, I've now, I would say, I, I'm into that kind of ongoing phase of using where the, the novelty is, it's not it's not worn off. I still find it incredible technology and I still find it's an amazing bit of kit. Um, I think I said before, it's missing its controller, but when you use it in the VR racing world, you've obviously got a steering wheel, so you kind of gain that back. Um, and I'd, yes. you know, I, I still think it's a it's an amazing bit of kit. Um, it's waiting for its, uh, basically, its handsets. And as soon as they're available, I think um, the, you know, it's a... I think it's a better product than the Vive is would be my opinion right now. Um, if once the handsets are in place, um, but yeah, enjoying it, glad I got it, um, and I've now mm-hmm. in the Windows 10 PC world, which also broadens my perspective on the things that are out there and how the world of Windows mouse pointers working. <laughs> no, no sickness issues. No. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean. There's definitely longevity issues, as in it's tiring, right. and I'm sure some people will suffer from sickness a lot. Um, you definitely is it tiring due to the definitely the visuals. It's not the headset. It's not the weight. I think the, no. I think there's a combination. Oh, a combination. It is quite hot, yeah. and it's a quite a, a hot thing to be wearing on your head all the time. As in, it's not necessarily temperature hot, but you are in an enclosed space uh, with you know and. Yeah, I I think it's a combination of all those factors. Uh, you are wearing something quite heavy on your head. Um, yeah, it's it's close in, it's warm, and yeah, there's nowhere for <laughs> your face to breathe if you like. Um, but yes, but also then the physicality of you're having to concentrate in a you know constantly, and you get some motion as well, um, and your brain is just <laughs> it's a bit freaked out normally by things it's seeing. Um, yeah, so I'd say. Yeah, any longer than two hours session, and you'll you'll be really um, drained, really, when you take off. I, yeah, but still, I think it's a, it is it is an amazing technology, and I'm I'm glad I got it. Good. And in what has turned out to be um, a bonkers period of buying tech, I also got a Fitbit Charge Two, um, which uh, I'm enjoying. I, I like having there. I'm setting what I'm calling my baseline right now, which is. Um, 
what I've been like for the last however long. And hopefully uh, in the in the coming months, I will up that baseline. That would be where I'm at. Uh, I think you mentioned before that there's been some sort of negative type reviews about its accuracy. And in fact, the accuracy generally of all these tracking technologies and how they differ. Um, but particularly the FitCharge has come under some scrutiny. Um, but I think if you if you take them as they're supposed to be, which is they're they're not supposed to be ultra accurate they're supposed to be a guide to what you're doing and what you're getting up to i think they're pretty good and from the sleep perspective so it does heart monitoring it does sleep tracking and then it does its multi-sport type um tracking and from this the overnight sleep it does truly reflect what i think is going on as far as when i wake up in the morning I've, i know if i've woken up a few times and it reflects that i know i've had a bad night's sleep and it also reflects that um so yeah so i'm pretty happy with it at the moment uh, and it seems to do what I want it to do, really. Good. Uh, one of the guys had a charge, so not the charge to mm-hmm. it working. He he loves it. He's a hill walker and goes on massive long walks and does massive long bike rides, and it's great. So it's this, great yeah. So the charge doesn't have the GPS built in, but mine does have the Bluetooth connection. So if you do hook up to yeah. uh, the blue, you know, your phone, it does it. And the only addition to the charge two really over the charge, the original charge is. It has now got the heart rate monitoring, so the original charge didn't have that. Um, if you want GPS built in, then they've got, I think it's the Blaze, so that's the next model up, which is a sort of full-size watch. This one's a sort of narrow, narrower band. Um, not as narrow as their their sort of their lowest-end uh, device. And the lowest, this this one's only shower-proof. I think the, the lower-end device is, is now swim-proof, so you can actually take it swimming with you. And if you're just after those basic trackings without a heart rate monitor, then their lowest rate, I, I, I should remember its name, I can't remember its name now. Um, but th- th- that's the one to go for, because it, you know, because, th- you know, none of these things are truly accurate, that's the one that's going to get you, you don't have to ever take it off, basically. And as long as you don't want heart rate monitoring, that's the one to go They've for. They've got the, the Flex. I think it's the Flex I'm talking about, the band, yeah. Yeah, it's the Flex, it's just the wristband, but they've also got one called the Ulta. I think that's is, a slightly uh, older product, but it's... Um, it says still, new. Maybe, maybe I'm talking out my bottom then. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what, what difference between that and the... That and the uh, the altar is, but there you go. So there's charge, there's flex too. There's a Fitbit charge too. I've already said that. There's a blaze and there's the altar. And then older again, there's things like the flex. And I've still got the Fitbit one, <laughs> which even though I've had the Apple Watch and, and the altar is definitely the one before uh, the, okay. the charge too. Basically, it's, they're similar okay. products again. But it's nice to see you on the. Um, it's nice to see, <laughs> see you my back. lack of. Um, yeah, my lack of steps. I am no longer bought, which, yeah. is, which is good. <laughs> anyway, hopefully, we'll, like I say, we'll see an increase in that. Uh, and then the final um, product we were just going to have a chat through because we both took a dive was Amazon Echo. Um, they basically yes. arrived um, yesterday, was it? No, was it the day before? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, day before, Wednesday. two days ago. Yeah. And so we both set up and. You might as well. You you talk about your echo. Um, so I, I guess I've wanted one since they came out in America and they opened it up, you know, to third party developers and lots of you know podcasters and tech folk were like, this is this is like a game changer. And it's came to the UK and it's I wouldn't say it's a game changer, but it works. It does what I thought it would do. There were some things I'd like it to do more. So so I guess just talking about the hardware itself, um, it's reliable. It seems to be able to pick up my voice across the whole room without issue. 
I, I don't need to shout. I don't need to, you know, look in its direction. I can just, you know, talk. Um, the the audio quality is good enough. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Um, the thing to make it do more, they call it, Amazon calls it skills. Um, so the skills are a bit limited in the UK. There's lots of American-based ones, um, but they've kind of they've kind of locked down really just at the initial. It's almost like let's get the product out, and then over time we'll, we'll increase the skills. So I've added on is it radio player mm-hmm. so you can listen to different radio stations. I've added on the Guardian so you can say, you know, Alexa, give me the headlines from Guardian. You know, so just some simple stuff, and just being even having that that kind of conversation. And as I said, it's worked. It's worked fine. Um, and you've hooked it up to some automation as well, right? Oh yeah, of course. So my my Hue lights, so I can ask Alexa to switch my lights on and off, and set the brightness levels, and and pull in different scenes if I want to. So again, it's just a different way of doing it, rather than having to find a switch or find a phone, or um, I can just I can just talk. Um, and and it was interesting because I, I got my mum to try it, and just the whole she tried it asking for the weather, and then without me any prompting, she she actually just went, you know, Alexa, what's the weather for Saturday? Mm. And I was like, and I looked at my mum, and and, I got, and she got the reply. I was like, there you go, that whole conversational type thing. Whereas if you'd had a series of buttons, how would you know? How did I get to choose Saturday mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff? It just makes you wonder about the does it does it does it does it take away? some of the complexities just because yeah. you're having that conversation but then again i think as, as i mentioned to you the, the thing i still think it's got a shortfall on and i guess over time that reduces is there's still a set requirement for sometimes saying the right thing so oh, for example definitely. with skills so they, they add the ability for alexa to talk to apps on your phone effectively so you have to spe- specify uh, the app so for example with the radio player you have to ask you say Alexa, ask Radio Player to play Radio 4. If you just say, Alexa, play Radio 4, she doesn't immediately have access to that. So she will... I say no. she. This is like, you know... This is the, uh, that, there you go. That's how these things work, isn't it? It gives personalization to these things. Um, anyway, yeah, so they're, knowing the right thing to say is complicated. And I think I gave the other option, which or the other downfall I saw, which was Alexa can play audiobooks from, say, Audible, and that's really great. But there's no way for you currently to tell what books are available to listen to so you can't for example list out your audiobooks or certainly that wasn't working the other day when i tried it um so it's it's one of those things i think over time you get more used to what you have to ask but the ultimate aim of these things is surely that you can ask anything and then she will work out or the product will work out how to go and do all these things without needing to specify the exact app and things like that so that'll come with time i think product is is quite exciting in what it can do it does turn your house potentially into the star you know the star trek which is great um but it's not there yet maybe it will and, and you have to build it into your life as well i mean it's still unusual i i'd quickly mention that so sky um when you have the headlines from sky they've actually got the physical recording of someone uh, on the news desk every hour uh, whereas with the guardian headlines if you've got that as a skill then it's an uh, it's an automated voice reading sort of um, their text headlines effectively so there's a difference there and actually the sky one is a, is a nicer sort of it feels more like interacting with an interactive radio so you kind of you you ask for the headlines and then it gives that kind of um, the the recorded um voice and, and that updates I, I don't know it's every hour or every two hours um so that's quite a nice feature and i think that's probably more likely we're going to go rather than the automated reading of uh text files 
Yeah, and the whole, you know, setting timers, asking it questions. Yeah. You know, it's it's all... So you can do sort of searches, internet searches. You can find out information about people. Um, and, yeah, and I'm sure you could probably ask about movies and actors and all those kind of things. So, yeah, it, uh, those yeah, kind and, of and quick searches you might use an iPad for, you can now do via voice. I did some testing earlier on, just asked Siri the same question as I'd ask, you know, Alexa. And it, it seemed far more intelligent. Yeah. Um, so it was far more reliable rather than just giving me a, oh, I don't know that, or I can't do that, or here's a web page for you to go and parse. It was actually giving you the information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I for 99, it was £99 as a Prime user. I think that's yeah. a pretty amazing price for what is a bit of sturdy bit of kit, really. It's, it feels like a nice product, well put together. And, and you can use it as a Bluetooth speaker as well. Yes. You know, so I'll, I'll be using it for just a bit of podcast listening rather than rather than listening, you know, through the through the Mac or whatever. I'll just be, you know, doing some Bluetooth through it. And I think it works both ways, right? It can it, and I think it can broadcast to speakers as well. I think I'm right. So if you want to play music, you could automate it so they play through a, a Bluetooth speaker system. I think I'm right. Uh, I, I might be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I know something they've talked about is that that's going to be, I think it was next year, they're talking about that being a front end to Sonos. So if mm-hmm. you've got a Sonos system, you can use, so I guess that must mean it can hook up and play use, through. Yeah. But there's yeah. part of it, I don't know, I might be talking out of order there and, you know, things like that will become clear over time, but certainly you can use uh, your home automation type uh, controls to then, um, to start up sounds and stuff. And, and it, Amazon Prime Music obviously built in uh, as a Prime user, and therefore you've got quite a big collection of music that's available to you. Um, There's a, a, a million odd tracks there, um, which when you compare it to like, is it Spotify and, and Apple talk about 30 or 40 sure, or 60 million? Sure, it's not million. like that. But, but it played Bohemian then, Rhapsody for me, and I don't yeah. have that. So, <laughs> And um, and I, I went in, what I was quite impressed with, I, I, I was I had, when I initially unpacked it, I had it sat on the desk, Went onto the Amazon website, created a new playlist in Amazon Music, just started searching for tracks and added them to an Ian's favourite, and then just, just you know, Alexa playing Ian's favourite playlist, and it, and it just did it. Yeah. There's no waiting. No. Nope. Um, I can, you can ask it to pause, you can ask it to stop, you can shuffle it. Um, yeah, you and you can just volume. say, play some pop music, and it will shuffle, and you can... And you there's know, a whole other playlist play some Frank already. Sinatra and you Yeah, know. so you can actually just say... Play, play something classical, play yep. something electronic, play some dance, play some pop, yep. and you'll just get some some random. And, you know, over stuff. time, I'm sure somewhere along the way, I've signed away the rights to everything that I've asked there is going to the central pot, and I'm sure they will use that data then to enhance how people are using and interacting with it, and then for give back more information. Uh, and each time on the app itself, so you can you've got a, a companion app on on your phone, uh, and each time you ask it something, it comes up with a little card of that information as well that it's returned to you, and you can say yes or no whether it sort of returned the information you're expecting or whether you're expecting something different. And I have added our podcast to TuneIn. So ah. TuneIn, the app or radio or whatever it's called, is part of the core service. And I've just checked and it's there. So we need to go and... So Alexa that. Play Digital Outbox will now bring us forth. It should just play the latest episode. Boob, we are Amazon. Do we get sponsorship for that? No, we no. don't. That's um that's the end of our podcast. A bit of a longer episode. Uh, thank you very much for getting this far. Um, I'm not going to even ask you if you got picked because we've been chatting over far too long. Um, so info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address if you want to get in contact. You can find out what we do, who we are, etc. at our website, digitaloutbox.com. And Twitter is digitaloutbox. We're on TuneIn. Just say Alexa, 
play digital outbox and you will come through on our echoes um in where do we find you blog is ind.net and twitter is Shreepa. and my twitter is cheesy uk and my blog is academyracer.co.uk for all my racing stuff i say all my racing stuff i haven't even put up the last event i will do shortly although it's been on youtube for a while so you can still go and watch the racing um thank you very much for listening and getting this far uh, we do appreciate it and we will talk to you again next week Ta-ra. I feel I should go and do a live test. Hold on. <laughs> it's not going to work, is it? Fail. Did it, it fail, did it? <laughs> Alexa thinks that that should be a book. Oh. So um, We'll have to investigate more. Yeah, well, I think you can fire up the app, can't you? And it tells you you can correct it and stuff. Um. Oh, it reckons when I'm saying Alexa played Digital Outbox that I said play that Audible book. <laughs> <laughs> you got. Maybe you'll have more luck. I'll try it later, and I'll report back next podcast. I recorded all that. How disappointing. <laughs> <laughs>